And we learned late uh, this afternoon, just actually right before the show, that uh, nearly 60,000 of Canada's 68,000 troops have now been put into isolation, not because they're sick, but because they're planning for COVID-19 operations. And so they've been ordered to do this so that they can be ready to deploy across this country, depending on what. Um, you know, local and federal as well as uh, provincial officials need. Let's bring in the man who broke the story, Matthew Fisher, with Canadian Global Affairs Institute as well. He is uh, providing analysis for foreign and security issues for Global News. Good to have you, Matthew. Uh, Good evening again, Alex. All right. So what have you learned about this? I mean, obviously, you know, you're the military guy. Um, They don't generally, to my knowledge, put troops in isolation, but we're not dealing with the kind of war they would generally be in? This is an extraordinary situation. And as General John Vance, who's the Canadian chief of staff, effectively Canada's top soldier, uh, told me uh, this afternoon, uh, they are taking extreme precautions to make sure the force does not get sick, not only to help with coronavirus, although that is a big, big part of it, but also because they want everybody healthy who has to be healthy for their critical missions, such as defending Canadian airspace through Mm -hmm. NORAD, uh, our fighter jets in the north. Also, we have uh, troops overseas that have to do certain things. And uh, we have warships uh, also So doing missions. So it's to keep everybody as healthy as possible. So the order has gone out uh, that, well, the order is stay healthy. And the best way to do this is to uh, observe all the rules that the government of Canada and most, I think, all provincial governments are asking of uh, the Canadian people, which is to self-isolate, to stay away from people uh, and observe uh, a real serious hygiene. And uh, then as the calls come in for assistance on the coronavirus uh, uh, situation, They'll be ready. They'll also be ready to continue with their core functions of defending Canada. Okay, so let's start with the COVID uh, response. I mean, we're expected to get some data tomorrow from the province of Ontario. I don't know what those numbers are. Uh, We've been warned by the Premier, so I don't exactly get the sense that it's going to be good news. Um, And we are now, I think, in the window of seeing the surge of the numbers, given the travellers who have come back, the testing that's taking place. And so is there a plan in place, according to the general or your findings, that uh, these troops would be ready to go should the surge come in? and um, there's civil unrest or they or city or, or municipal and provincial officials start to increase, um, you know, not a martial law, but put more rules in place? Well, the, the general told me today, I think I forgot to put it in my story, but he said, we're all lashed up and ready to go. The first priority for the forces, and in fact, some of that is already happening, is to assist uh, remote communities in the Canadian north. Uh, Most Canadians uh, don't go north, but I think they can understand the idea that some of those uh, communities are very small and you can only reach them by airplane. Uh, The military is putting aero medovac capabilities. They have unique capability to tend for people with doctors and nurses uh, using hospital aircraft and helicopters, fixed ring and helicopters. That is underway. The Northern Rangers, which are a reserve force, 
uh, a lot of them are uh, indigenous people, uh, they're all ready to go in these communities. They have also um, activated a number of reservists, and those reservists have um, specific skills to the mission. Uh, they're normally just Canadian civilians, but who have a commitment to the military in times such as this, and uh, they will be paid as if they're full-time soldiers. And in fact, they will be full-time soldiers. Uh, some of those are medical personnel. Some of them are engineers. Some of them are people who will provide logistics support, as it's expected that uh, the military may be asked to sustain some of those most northern communities. There are, though, Alex, a whole lot of other contingency plans in place. They depend on requests from the provincial government and uh, the federal government, of course, oversees the entire process to make sure that uh, the needs are addressed. So they're waiting for, if you like, political direction, but uh, they've got plans about assisting police forces, about assisting uh, prisons with uh, backing up. If if a lot of police officers or prison guards fall ill, uh, they, the Canadian forces uh, uh, might, and I say might because please don't think this is happening, but uh, might step in. These are the kind of extraordinary situations they're getting ready for. And then it's flood season, and they say the yeah. waters of Lake Ontario are high this year, Alex. And so the uh, Canadian forces must also be prepared for that and for the forest fires that will follow the floods. Yeah, just what we need. And and then locusts after that. I mean, honestly, as if we don't have enough on our hands. But, you know, we've already got the police doing checks uh, between the Ontario-Quebec border, um, you know, and, and we've had reports of police uh, on, um, I guess, the Toronto area having to uh, go into isolation because they've come into contact. So there are vulnerabilities. How likely do you think it is that we would see military in the streets of cities? Oh, I think that would be, things would have to get very, very, very bad indeed. You might see individual soldiers or small groups of soldiers assisting, for example, at a field hospital right. that is in a community. Uh, I know for sure nothing's envisaged, envisaged where there would be armed troops or anything like it in the street. But they are there. They're a bulk force. They're well-trained. They're disciplined. They follow orders. They're obliged by, by law to follow those orders. So uh, they're a very good reserve. And that's why they haven't been called yet. They are a reserve, but uh, they will be called upon. And it's a bit hard to predict right now. General Vance wanted this message to go out to the Canadian people. We don't want to deploy. We do not want to do this, but we must be ready for it. Do your part by following the guidelines and the directions. And in some cases, the orders you've got to isolate and observe mm. proper hygiene so that we do not have to have our military out there. Yeah, I mean, France has gotten very strict where, you know, you have to have paperwork filled out to leave your house and get permission and all those kinds of draconian measures. We are not there, and hopefully we don't get there. But on the other side of this thing is the cyber uh, part of this, because um, there have been games going on, or I don't know, I don't know if I would call them attacks, but certainly Russia and China um, love to have their misinformation games going kind of at all times, and certainly when America is is kind of on its knees, and certainly Canada is very vulnerable. There there are those uh, types of threats also uh, dealing with right now? Uh, the, General Vance specifically mentioned them. I asked if there was an increase in cyber attacks, that is going after our um, cyber infrastructure. Uh, 
uh, governments, uh, companies, private individuals. He said he was unaware of an increase in that activity, but he was very aware of a a big increase in disinformation campaigns, specifically blaming other countries, uh, other governments for not handling the coronavirus uh, uh, outbreak properly and uh, all of this to gain political opportunity or political advantage. There are opportunists out there. He did not name the countries, but Alex, you you mentioned two minutes ago the most likely countries. Uh, the general, of course, uh, is far more diplomatic than that. He did not mention it, but th- they are also dealing with that. And, and uh, they have people who try to counter that. And uh, in other parts of the Canadian government, there are people who try to cover uh, to counter that. I, I don't know where that stands now, but one can assume that uh, they're trying to uh, mitigate this kind of gross misinformation that is out there. For example, blaming Italy or blaming mm-hmm. the United States for the outbreak and uh, saying that it wasn't handled properly. Well, we'll have these postmortems. Lots of places are not handling this properly, but you don't need governments uh, hurling this kind of abuse at each other. And it's not only been China and Russia. Donald Trump said a few things to say about other governments, too. Yeah. Well, there'll certainly be, I think, a reckoning after this in many, many areas. But uh, thanks for the insight and the exclusive information, Matthew. Always a pleasure. Thank you, Alex. Talk with you again.